Here's today's God Heals Hurting Marriages with Charlene Steinkamp. Welcome back to part two of Finding the Way Home, an interview with Charlene. I got to sit down with my mom and ask her some questions and go over some details that have never been made public before about what those early days looked like after her remarriage to my dad. I hope you've been able to listen to part one of this interview. If you haven't, you might want to go back and listen to last week's episode first. And it will be wrapped up today. I know you're going to enjoy this. And I pray that it will just be a blessing to you and it will help you understand how to persevere in fighting and praying for your marriage. So let's jump back in. So how long did it take for him to have faith that this marriage was forever and to give up the warehouse and the checking account and the things from his prodigal life that he was holding on to? A year and a half to two years. And how it happened that it was God that did it. The pastor called Bob and said, we have a couple that's just moved into this church and they have had a crisis in their family. They came down here with nothing. And I thought of you that has a warehouse of everything. And we are going to rent them an apartment for a couple of months to get him a job. Would you be willing to give up all your stuff? And I thought of you, would you like to donate it to them? And Bob came out, told me the story, and he goes, I think this is the time for me to give him all my furniture away. And we prayed about it, and I celebrated and we were able to give them all of our furniture. That day that Bob went and met the couple on a Saturday at the warehouse, our children went, but Bob said, I want you to stay home. He never wanted me to be around what he had there. So it was a celebration totally of God's timing, and Bob was so thrilled that he was able to give all that he had to somebody that was in a desperate situation. And the checking count at that time, we combined them at that time, we knew we needed to do it then. Around that time, Bob came in the house one night beaming, and he said, I have always had a tiny picture of the other person hidden in my car, and the Lord told me today is the day that you need to tear it apart. And he was successful at doing it. And he was so happy and had obedience and freedom doing it that he came in and told me. And it, those are the special moments that we savor together. But I can say to you, you're going to see victory upon victory. It takes time, but it is worth, you see the house being restored and being rebuilt. So you can say that you focused not on the disappointments, but at that time you focused on the small victories as they came. Positively. You can see the pathway to restoration being done over and over again and see special things with your children and what he does with them and the love that is being restored and the things that they get to do and you know, it is a time where you just keep thanking God for what he's doing one day at a time. I will tell you from my standpoint as a child going through it that I've said before, 
that my brothers and I waited in the beginning to see a failure. We had watched him move out every time there was a struggle for so many years that even after a remarriage, we did not think that it would stick. We did not think that it was permanent and we waited for the anger to come back again or for him to lose his temper over some minuscule issue. And over time, as things progressed in our family, we noticed that the situations were being handled differently and there was not anger and fighting like there had been before, but there was a family that looked totally different because both of our parents were acting differently in how they handled things. So if your kids or your in-laws or your friends at church are skeptical of your restoration, that's okay because it's not their story and it's not their marriage. So you don't need an army that agrees with you or understands what you're going through. Your marriage is between you and your spouse. And so while your children will have an input and if they're adults, they may have a bigger input because they understand more what's happening than if you have younger children, understand that the only people that know what's happening in your home at that time is the two of you. And so you don't need to have the affirmation from those in your circle about what's happening with the story you just heard your friends would have thought it was crazy that your husband remarried you but was going to keep a warehouse full of furniture in case things went south and he wanted to move again but instead of taking polls and instead of listening to people and finding out if that was really sensible or if that was something that you should be kicking him out again for you went to the Lord for that and let him direct your path you didn't tell the kids I don't even think we were aware at the time that there was a warehouse I don't think we were aware what was in the warehouse if we even remembered there was a warehouse but it was a situation where you don't have to have everything perfect on day one if you plant flowers in your garden the first day you plant them, they look pretty and they look nice, but in three months, they're going to look better because they're bigger. They've been fertilized. They've been watered. They've had time to grow. And that's what you need to think about with your marriage. And that's what happened in this situation. It kept getting watered through both of them growing in the Lord. It kept getting watered through prayers continually happening on both of their parts because they both wanted it to succeed and they both came back to the marriage differently. But all of the weeds did not get pulled out the day they remarried. And there's still going to be weeds that you have to deal with and still going to be conflicts and still going to be things that as a couple you deal with. But don't look for everybody in your community and your circle to understand all the steps that are happening towards your restoration. That is so powerfully true. Tim was 16 when Bob left, Lori was 13, and when he returned home, Lori was 15, almost 16, and Tim was 18. When we got remarried on July 7, 1987, Tim had graduated a month prior, and there was no evidence that he was coming home. We were thrilled he was there. Tom was the youngest, and he was six years old when Bob left, and he was eight and a half when he came home. And he's told Bob 
over and over again, I am never going to believe you're coming and staying home, and I don't trust you, and I'm not going to get close to you. And he would say it over and over again to him when he would say, hey, let's go with me on this. No, I'm staying home. He would just play this hard game. And Bob said, do you think he's ever going to trust me? And it took a few weeks and months for him to really believe that, that he was going to stay home. And Bob had to work with him and not get upset with Tom's rejection because Tom had been rejected for two and a half years when he wasn't home for him when he wanted him. So those are issues that your husband or wife is going to have to deal with and have to understand the children and adjust to it and realize that they can't just flip a switch. They want to see that it's going to really happen and not be hurt again. So the youth groups are tremendous, um, having Christian counselors if they need it. But remember, the children's hearts have to grow with their ones that's been gone because they've often felt rejection and abandonment that you may not understand. I want to read a scripture from Joel. Chapter 2, verse 25 says, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten, the great locust and the young locust, the other locust and the locust swarm, my great army that I sent among you. And that scripture came true in our family because there was years before the divorce that the locusts had eaten away at our family. There was years that they were divorced that there was struggles and trials as a family. And the first few months of their restoration were not the white picket fence perfect family. But eventually, over time, God redeemed the family and restored the family and restored the relationships that needed to be restored. He erased the past. He erased the memories of things that had happened. And even up until right before my dad's death, he would continually bring us three kids in to his room and try to apologize again for the years that were wasted because of his time as a prodigal and because of his time that he was in sin. And he knew that we had forgiven him for them, but he continually wanted to make things right and express his disappointment in himself for what he had done during those years. And so today may look ugly for your family. You may have a spouse that has walked away from children and has no contact with them. You may have children that are addicted to drugs or have walked away from your family. And you may have children that have walked away from the church or children that have never even been in the church because you've never raised them that way. But God can restore what the locusts have eaten. And so you're not just fighting the enemy for your marriage, but you're fighting the enemy for your entire family and for generations to come. When you start to see small steps happening towards restoration, it's easy to get frustrated and to think, well, that's not a success because my spouse didn't come home today. Instead, you need to look at those small little things, those phone calls that are ending without a fight, 
those text messages from your spouse to ask how your day was. Whatever those small things are, you need to look at those as victories and not just look for God to bring about perfection immediately. This side of heaven, your marriage is never going to be perfect. It's not going to happen. You're two sinners living together, but God can make it in his image and have it be restored fully that way. I talked to somebody recently that's had a restored marriage for several years, and they are now praying together, uh, reading the Bible together, and they're both serving in the church. But they have now have children grown. There's crisis with different things with children or grandchildren. And there's always going to be trials and tribulations that we need to be the prayer warriors and we need to be the encouragers. There are always things that we're going to need to stay close to the Lord with, with a restored marriage and realize that there's going to be fiery darts or deaths or whatever it could be that we are going to go through life. Let me take you to Ezekiel 36. I'm going to start in verse 24. For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from the countries and bring you back into your own land. That was like God was saying, he's going to bring Bob back home. Verse 25 says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart. I will give you a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. You will live in the land I gave your forefathers. You will be my people and I will be your God. I will save you from all your uncleanliness. I will call for the grain and make it plentiful and will not bring famine upon you. I will increase the fruit of the trees and the crops of the fields so that you will no longer suffer disgrace among the nations because of famine. Then you will remember your evil ways and wicked deeds and you will loathe yourself for your sins and detestable practices. I want you to know that I'm not doing this for your sake, declares the Lord. Be ashamed and disgraced for your conduct, O house of Israel. Verse 33, this is what the sovereign Lord says. On the day I cleanse you from all your sins, I will resettle your towns, and the ruins will be rebuilt. The desolate land will be cultivated instead of lying desolate in the sight of all who pass through it. They will say, this land, and I always felt like it was my marriage, that was laid waste has become like the Garden of Eden. The cities that were lying in ruin, desolate and destroyed, are now fortified and inhabited. Verse 36 is my favorite. Then the nations around you that remain will know and I was always thinking, the neighbors, my family, my friends, my church family. Then the nations around you that remain will know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt what was destroyed and have replanted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do it. That scripture sums it up perfectly because it shows that your stand is not just for you and your family. 
but there's others watching you and watching what's happening in your life. Obviously the people that you know, your friends, your family, people at your church, but I guarantee there's people that you don't know who are watching what's happening and their faith is being strengthened by watching what you're going through, watching how you handle the trials that you're facing, watching how you handle restoration, watching how you handle finding out your husband still has a checking account, watching how you handle a picture that's going to be exposed two years later. Whatever the situation is, there's people that are watching what you're going through. You can probably list people that you watch and you're watching their journey and their trials and that grows your faith. So when you think about those days that you want to give up or it's not worth it or restoration's too hard, I don't know why I wanted it this way, you need to think about all of those other people who the Lord is using you to be an example for them. Lori, you are so right. The Lord gave me Ezekiel 36, starting in verse 22, where it says, therefore, says to the house of Israel, this is what the sovereign Lord says. It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I'm going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations. I will show the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations. Literally, our whole restoration of our marriage, all the detail of it, has been exposed all through the last 25 plus years. And that is what God is going to do for you when your marriage is restored. There is going to be some way, somehow, God is going to bring to you marriages that are hurting that you can share. You don't know our past and let us share it. I hear it over and over in testimonies. And that is what you've got to understand. The Lord wants to use your trials and tribulations to turn them around to be a testimony for many, many others. And God can use you in big ways or just an encouragement in a grocery line when somebody is crying that they don't have enough money. You can be a lighthouse. And I just praise the Lord for all the details in our struggles that we had because it's helped other people. And we just did a podcast a couple of weeks ago and somebody listened to it and she was ready to give up and it was the answer for what she needed to do that God spoke to her to not give up so you are going to be able to be a lighthouse to other people now and in the future with stories that you're going to have but the whole secret is is how our marriage was built on is do not be anxious about anything. Rejoice in the Lord always. So my last thought for you today is that you will walk in faith. You will trust the Lord and believe that what happened for Bob and I and for our family, it can happen for you as God is no respecter of persons. He loves you so much. He did not have you find our ministry to say this is what can happen, but it's not going to happen for you. He is guiding and directing you to grow in the Lord and to be able to stand firm and do not walk in fear, but walk in faith. Because Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. 
This is what the ancients were commended for. This is what the Lord is asking you to do. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Let me pray for you. Lord, we just thank you for today. We thank you for Lori being here and inputting and asking questions and sharing from her own heart and situations. And Lori, this is our story. And this is our situation that even when Bob came home, we had to walk through of rebuilding our marriage. And I just pray that you will touch this dear stander and that they will believe that their husband or wife could come home very suddenly. Lord, I pray you will increase this dear stander's wisdom and knowledge and direction from you and that you will say to them, turn to the right or turn to the left and that you shall supply all their needs according to your glorious riches in heaven. Lord, we're asking you to bless this dear standard and that you would remove all the hopelessness and give them all the encouragement and signs that God is moving, especially through the word of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit rejoiceministries.org. And help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.